From MPB Think Radio, this is Deep South Dining. It's the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. Since 2015, Sweden Sour has been creating small batch, probiotic, rich foods using locally grown ingredients. Using the phrase farm to ferment, Sweet and Sour is creating sauerkrauts, kimchi, kombucha, and other fermented foods that offer various health benefits. Founder Lauren Rhodes is with us here today to tell us about those health benefits, the fermentation process, and what's next for Sweet and Sour. Also, we always want to know what's happening in your kitchen, so share your comments and experiences with us this morning with a phone call. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 Or email the show food at mpbonline.org. This is Deep South Dining from MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. Since 2015, Sweet and Sour has been creating small batch probiotic rich foods using locally grown ingredients. Using the phrase farm to ferment, sweet and sour is creating sauerkrauts, kimchi, kombucha, and other fermented foods that offer various health benefits. So today, founder Lauren Rhodes is here to tell us about those health benefits, the, formation, the fermentation process, and what's next for sweet and sour. <clears throat> also, we always like to know what's going on in your kitchen, so give us a call this morning. The phone number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven. 672-7464, or you can send an email to food at mpbonline.org. So good morning, Deborah. Hope that you're doing well this morning. Good morning, Kevin. I am doing absolutely fantastic. It's like perfect weather outside this morning. and Perfect weather? Yes. It was 77 degrees at 5 o'clock when I woke up this morning. Well, you know, I'm a southern girl, Kevin, so this is perfect for me. I don't understand the people who are always complaining about the heat. I love it. I love being outside, you know, and um, I've been hanging out um, at the farm, you know, with the horses and the pigs and the cows, and so it's perfect for me. I saw a picture today. I don't know where the zoo was, but it was a polar bear rubbing up against a large block of ice, and they're saying that the... uh, the polar bears don't do well in the heat. Yeah, well, I thank God I'm not a polar bear. <laughs> <laughs> so anything exciting happened this weekend? Well, yeah, I um, actually been hanging out in the test kitchen uh, this weekend, Kevin. We're working uh, on a project that's going to be, uh, we'll talk about it more for the fall, but uh, in the kitchen, we are developing some of the recipes that I personally created and um, just kind of having fun with that. And I'm excited about it. Um it's, it's um, what can I say? I'm a happy girl. You know, you, you got Mississippi, you got country life, you got cooking, you got Kevin Farrell in the morning. So, you know. So tell us a little about that. Uh, how do you go about refining a recipe? You get an idea and then you kind of figure, try to decide, you know, what ingredients should go in. And then it's, I guess, tasting and, and modifying. Absolutely. Um, you know, one of my signature dishes, of course, is sweet potato pie. And um, it was it's always been a really good recipe. But, you know, I'm turning into Kevin Farrell. I don't just want good. I want great. So, um, you know, it's taking that recipe and uh, taking it up to the next levels, you know, playing with different ideas, uh, you know, working on the crust, working on the texture, because we're going to actually... 
um, at some point, Kevin, you know, do some projects for mass production, and I'm really excited about that. And so, you know, we want uh, it not just to be good, but we want it to be Mississippi good. So. Well, you have a ready uh, guinea group of guinea pigs here. So anytime you want to <laughs> test some food out on on real humans, uh, bring it on in, and we'll all be glad to help you out with that. And as a matter of fact, uh, you mentioned sweet potato pie; it's one of your specialties. Uh, so you brought some in today, but uh, they've got the regular one, but one that has a little bit of a, a surprise in it. Oh, yeah. We're going to do several pies that have surprises. This one that I brought in this morning almost didn't make it to the station uh, because, you know, we, I have tasters everywhere I go. But th- <laughs> but um, this one, Kevin, actually has a tiny bit of chocolate. So it's a little bit of surprise. And, you know, sweet potatoes pairs so well from a savory standpoint to something really sweet. It pairs with, oh, gosh, there's almost nothing that it won't pair with, you know, from orange flavors, you know, something really zesty, um, you know, something really tangy, something chocolatey. I mean, it's just and so we're going to create some things that um, I know folks are going to be really proud of. But I just want to make sure that everybody is consistent, that our team knows, you know, you know, what's really going on and that, you know, even with the crust. Tell me what you thought about that today. I mean, it was delicious. I mean, the, you know, your, your crust is it's very flaky. And um, to me, um, what I like is the, the, it's the bright orange color of the pie, but it's so creamy. And it's amazing to me how you can get it so creamy like that. And then that was the regular one. And then the one with the little chocolate. You know, put chocolate on anything as far as I'm concerned. So it was really good. Well, let me tell you how I get it so creamy. You remember Papa Smart? I hired all of his little elves, and they come (laughs) in my kitchen, Kevin, and they do all this work for hours, and it's just quite amazing. And so, yeah, I'm really excited. I'm a happy girl. And then last night, you know, I had the chance of hanging out with some really amazing friends and watching the moon hang out in the country. And if you've ever been out at night listening to tree frogs and crickets and watching the moon and hearing the laughter it's just really amazing so to my amazing friends hey eddie good morning thank you guys for being so sweet to me so um what is in a sweet potato pie potatoes sweet potatoes (laughs) i can't tell you all the yummy (laughs) ingredients that go into this recipe of course kevin but you know the beautiful thing about sweet potatoes mississippi has barnum in mississippi it is the sweet potato capital of the world right here in mississippi and they make some of the best sweet potatoes ever so thank you for all those farmers who are helping to support us uh but yeah kevin you have to take the sweet potatoes and then you take your fingers and you stir it around (laughs) i'm sorry i can't share this recipe you know i think i told you the first time you had the pie it's actually my mother's recipe and she told me that she would kill me kevin and i know you would miss me if she did that right (laughs) (laughs) oh wait maybe not i don't know Um, so what about, uh, how do you come up? I mean, I guess chocolate, but is it sort of just like, um, an idea fest when you're coming up with new ideas, variations, ways to improve, ways to make the flavor different? Is it kind of like a, just a a brain session? Absolutely, Kevin. Basically what happens is I'll pull out a bunch of different uh, spices and jams and flavors, and I'll just sit and I'll taste the batter with these particular products together to see what really, really, really works. We're going to even produce something that's really spicy that's going to blow people's minds. I mean, it's really crazy how it works. But yeah, 
it's uh, it's just taking the time to sit down and taste things together. Like some people don't like their food to to touch. I'm not one of those people because I think when you know it's kind of like um, when there's a merger that happens. Uh, sometimes even in your personal life or business, you get these amazing explosions of greatness. And so, I think uh, mixing foods together, you end up with something really fantastic. Now, what was funny to me is this morning, Java was kind of looking at it like I don't know, is that hamburger meat? I'm not really sure. <laughs> I'm gonna eat it anyway, though. <laughs> So I think he was pleasantly surprised when he found out it was not hamburger meat. That was too funny. Well, and that would be quite a, uh, if you're expecting hamburger meat and you get chocolate, that's certainly a, a, a surprise for your taste buds, that's for sure. I uh, I had something I found in Kroger the other day that I'd not ever had before, and it's a grapple. A grapple. So it's a ta- uh, crunchy like an apple, but tastes like a grape. Oh my, that sounds yummy. It was pretty good. I I I I've had two of them and the, the, to me the first one had more of a grape flavor to it, but and they're very crunchy, so they're very crunchy apples, but uh I saw those and I just it looked interesting to me. So, so what's the color? I mean it's, Well, it's like it's like a red apple on the outside and even the the skin and everything, but it it has a little bit of grapeish flavor to it. Uh, so that was, So when uh, you when you slice it and cut into it is the color still looks like an apple mm-hmm. or do I expect no, purple? It's, it's green. You know, that plain whitish apple color. So just that juicy grape kind of flavor that comes through. Mm-hmm. Oh god, that sounds like a new pie, Kevin. <laughs> grapple pie, that does <laughs> a sound. Grapple good. pie. <laughs> and I uh had to, uh, a blue apron this weekend, so I had fun with that. Uh, I saw it on Facebook. You did so good. Yeah, it's um uh, it was uh it was funny. My uh, brother's a vegetarian and so I it was um crispy chicken tenders and he said for us vegetarians out there what part of the chicken is the tender <laughs> oh wow tell him i said the beak <laughs> it's just, it's just, but i uh, had that and some really uh delicious potato salad and then last night uh, made um a spicy uh, beef it had uh, beef uh, some ground beef with some flavor to it and then on top was some uh, squash with some peppers uh, sauteed in there uh, on a bed of rice and it was it was really good i have yet to make uh, the next thing is a, a pasta uh, that has some um corn and some tiny um uh what's the the purple vegetable. I can't think of the name right now. Um, help me out here. Eggplant? Yes, thank you. <laughs> the little tiny uh, uh, variety there. So I haven't tried that uh, yet, but uh, a lot of fun. And, and you know, I, um, I remember I'd cut my thumb uh, the last time I had it. And so this time, now that the thumb is healed, I burned the thumb just a little bit on the exact same spot where I had cut it. So oh, I, don't, wow. I don't know what I'm doing there. So, but, uh, so you should just go fee-fi-fo-thumb. <laughs> <laughs> But again, I would encourage you not you not necessarily Blue Apron, but you, there's a variety of the different services out there. If you would like to kind of be experimental and, and, and get some new taste sensations, and really also uh, to improve your prep work, because again, uh, most of these you know you all you're doing all the chopping and that sort of thing on your own, so it really helps out. And, and I my experience with both the the Blue Apron and the Home Chef that I've had have been have been very uh, positive. So it's a it's a fun way uh, to uh, experiment, and you know it's it's fairly reasonably priced. I think all of them. Interestingly enough, are around the same um, the same price. My mom, who uh, is living on her own now that my dad passed away earlier this year, was concerned that she wasn't eating as well as she had been. You know, with one person, it's difficult, and especially now that she's kind of adjusting to that. So she's uh, going to go ahead and, and join in too. That she she says she's not real computer literate, so I'm a little concerned because you have to stay ahead of the game, or else they're going to start sending this food. You can opt out of it, but you know you have to keep keep ahead of the game. So if we can uh, get her set up like that, I think uh, she'll have a good time and it you know it's 
I don't know how healthy it is, but in, again, in my case as well, it's it's much healthier than say a cheeseburger. Well, you know, I love the idea of companies like Blue Apron and, and you know Home Chefs because not only Kevin is it healthier because you are you passing by the fast food place, you really do save money. And you've got a home-cooked meal. And for me, it's perfect therapy. You know, other than cutting off your finger, Kevin, <laughs> it's a great way to get rid of stress. And, you know, everybody is so busy with these, you know, nine-to-five lives. We're always rush, 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 rush. But to be able to come home, have a little therapy that you didn't have to pay 150 bucks for, and then sit down and enjoy a great meal with your family is always priceless. And like you said, I think you've said this before, when you you produce, you know, when you make the, the food, it, it, there's a special kind of sense of accomplishment when it turns out really well. And, and I've not been disappointed with any of the food I've had from either of those services. And as I mentioned, those are just two of them. There's a number of them. Uh, so if you're interested in that, you know, look around, see which one looks good for you. And I'd say go ahead and give it a try. Uh, we need to take a quick break. When we get back, we'll invite our guest, Lauren Rhodes from Sweet and Sour into the program. We'll be talking about fermented foods today. Also looking for your comments, questions, what's going on in your kitchen. Or if you're interested about ferm- fermentation, give us a call. The number's one eight seven seven mpb ring Our phone number is one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You can email the show food at mpbonline.org. We'll be back with more after this. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. We've been joined in studio by our guest today, Lauren Rhodes from Sweet and Sour. That's S-A-U-E-R. She is uh, someone who deals with fermented foods. And so today we're going to be talking about uh, the work that Lauren does. Uh, Also, we've got some food in here we're going to be sampling. Uh, But some of the things she makes, sauerkraut, kimchi, kombucha, uh, and fermented mustards, vegetables, and pickles. So uh, if you'd like to tell us what's going on in your kitchen or... Or if you're interested in fermentation and have a question for Lauren, you can give us a call. The phone number is one eight seven seven MPB ring. It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Or email the show. It's food at mpbonline.org. We do have a caller on the line. Our friend Mikey has called in from Mobile. Good morning, Mikey. Hey, Mikey. Hey, good morning. Thank you so much for doing the show. I am so anxious to hear what your guest has to say. Um, First of all, um, I had for breakfast this morning something that I'd never tried before. You mentioned that there are vegetarians in your family. Um, it's a, it is a cheeseburger, in fact. Um, it's by a company made Q-U-O-R-N. I think they pronounce it corn. Um, and it's, uh, it's not exactly low-calorie, 390, um, 120 from fat. But it's quite tasty. And if you really want a cheeseburger, I only ate half of it, you know, because... Yeah, <laughs> um, but uh, it's quite tasty, and it's. Uh, I think that even meat eaters, you know, people who who find that sort of a thing uh, dubious, would be um, pleasantly surprised by it. But my main question today is, especially the fermented foods. I love fermented foods. I, I have some idea of the great things they do. Plus, I have a background with um, family members who made things like sauerkraut and. Um, you know, the, the more Germanic things, dill pickles, um, oh, the best hot garlic dill pickles I've ever had. I wish I could have them again. But my most basic question is soybeans. Why is there, why is there such an aversion 
for soybeans and soybean-based foods here in the South, in the Southeast, when uh, especially the fermented versions, which are so healthy for you, and we ship, we we send our soybeans overseas for cattle feed. I mean, that's what I'm not understanding about the commercial aspect of it. So thank y'all for listening. All right, Mikey, good to hear from you. Um, Lauren, have you ever uh, fermented with soybeans? You know, I have not, but there's lots of things that I enjoy making or enjoy making at home with fermented soybeans. Tempeh is an amazing vegetarian alternative to meat um, and tofu. So two of my favorite soy-based fermented things that I like to cook at home. All right. So we are visiting today with Lauren Rhodes from Sweet and Sour. We're going to be talking about fermentation. Uh, tell us a little bit about your background. Uh, have you always been interested in cooking and, and how did you get interested in, in fermentation? So I first learned about what fermentation was right after college. I took a kombucha class um, and learned how to make kombucha, and that just really piqued my interest in other fermented foods. Um, kombucha is a fermented tea. So I just started playing around at home, dabbled in sauerkraut, making pickles, beet kvass, um, and just loved all the different flavors um, that you can get from fermented foods and, and loved experimenting in the kitchen. Now, I actually, the first time I met you was at the farmer's market. Yeah. And so I had some of your pickles that were actually really great. I got home thank and I you. thought, okay, let me try these. And they were really crunchy, really yummy pickles. So thanks a lot. Thanks so much. Yeah. So what, uh, what, what exactly is fermentation? So fermentation is basically a, a method of food preservation. So before there was canning, there was fermentation as a way to preserve extra harvest throughout the winter. Um, so basically when you're fermenting things, you're harnessing bacteria that's present on all vegetable matter um, in the soil and using that to convert foods into something that's more delicious and something that's actually shelf-stable for a long term. Now, most people are familiar with the word fermentation when you start talking about wines, Kevin. But right. when it comes to foods, it's, it's almost a completely lost art. Yeah, and I have actually met so many people at the farmer's market, you know, an older generation who remembers their grandma making sauerkraut and keeping it in a crock in the kitchen. Um, but it is one of those traditions, even same with w making wine at home, that's kind of been lost and is just now starting to be rekindled um, and, and trendy. Well, for those who are at my house, don't go under my bed because there's some peach <laughs> wine under there that's been fermenting for about six months now. So it'll be great for Christmas holidays. That'll be awesome. <laughs> I remember my grandmother doing that, Kevin. You know, it's like um, you would take the peels off of apples and pears and uh, peaches, and then you would take it and you would put it in a jar. You add some sugar and some water, and then she would, you know, add other things like cinnamon or nutmeg or, or lemons or whatever, and then you seal the jar. Now, what is really crazy in a few days it literally starts to boil what you mm -hmm. would see the bubbling with the science of it is just beautiful to watch it's a great project for the kids to try and then once it, the sugar boils all off it'll calm down and you'll start to see the color change and you can uh, after a few uh, weeks or depending on how strong you want it to be a few months you take the lid off you get this first this huge pop mm -hmm. and then you smell it and it's just and then you can only drink this much because it's probably illegal, Kevin. But <laughs> <laughs> so that's the thing. It's so simple to make. You know, you only need a few ingredients to make these kind of delicious things at home. Um, <clears throat> so um, I guess w when people hear bacteria, they think, you know, bad. But in this case, the, the bacteria is, is helpful. 
Right. I mean, we're so afraid of bacteria in our culture, but really there's much more good bacteria out there. I mean, we wouldn't be able to survive without the helpful bacteria that's in our digestive tracts, on our skin, that's protecting us from disease and allowing us to digest our foods better. Um, so that's why eating live fermented foods like yogurt or um, sauerkraut, kombucha, uh, is so great for our digestive systems. It helps us absorb nutrients and helps improve our, dige- our, di- our digestion. I think a, a, a more modern way to say that is, to, Kevin, it's a natural um, probiotics. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's what It's what the earth does naturally. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, everybody runs to the store now because probiotics is, a, you know, a hip word. But fermented food is, that's really what it is. It helps to... Um, you know, keep your gut nice and happy mm-hmm. uh, and your digestive check moving along really well. And uh, and a lot of these items. Now, one of the things I remember my grandmother doing was fermented corn and it was really yummy. She'd take the corn and the uh, tomatoes and mix them together and ferment it. And it was just really yummy. And it was something that you could really like we're doing now. Just take a fork, a piece of bread and eat it. And it was just really great. Right. So um, you mentioned, I guess, that uh, this is an old that came be even before canning became popular. And so um, it's sort of reviving what uh, maybe our, our, uh, our parents or grandparents used to do. And also, uh, I guess you're saying it's, it's more stable. Uh, tell us like a shelf life on, on some of the food that you prepare. I mean, and it does not require refrigeration, I guess. It actually does require refrigeration because when, when you ferment it, you ferment it at room temperature. So it changes from cabbage into sauerkraut. And then once it's at the flavor level that you like, that's when you refrigerate it to... It doesn't stop the fermentation process, but it slows it down incredibly. So you could keep it in your refrigerator for months and months and months without it going bad. Um, so uh, how did you go from an interest, uh, I think mentioned, uh, you know, in a, in a class with the kombucha, how did that sort of eventually evolve into sweet and sour? Well, I, I moved to Mississippi about four years ago to work with a program called Food Corps. Um, So I was working with a lot of kids, teaching classes about food and nutrition, and through that I met a lot of local farmers as well, um, and just really fell in love with local agriculture and um, the bounty of Mississippi produce. And so that kind of revived my interest in in home fermentation. Um, And in places where I'd lived before, there was always someone at the farmer's market who who was selling local kombucha or local sauerkraut. Um, and I just wasn't able to find those things at our farmer's market. So I was like, well, why, why don't I just start selling and making a little extra money on the side at the farmer's market? So that's how it started and just snowballed from there. So if somebody wanted to learn how to make these products, do you offer classes? How would they find out how to do that through you? I do. I've offered a few free classes at Rainbow, Coalesce, and I just started a couple months ago a Farm to Ferment series. Um, So our first class was on sauerkraut and vegetable fermentation. Our July class was about um, making your own non-alcoholic fermented drinks at home, so lightly (laughs) fermented beverages. And then our next class is going to be on August 30th, all about sourdough, which is an amazing form of fermentation. And I'm not a sourdough expert, but I'm bringing in um, a friend who is one, so he'll be leading the class. Did she say non-alcoholic, Kevin? (laughs) Just wanted to clarify. (laughs) We may have to have uh, you in some time to do the alcoholic one. (laughs) But, uh, Balsa, this is local produce, so this is, uh, you're, you're getting all your ingredients from here in Mississippi? I, as many as I can get, I get locally from from farmers that I know. Yeah, so Footprint Farms, Two Dog Farms in Flora, um, 
even a farm in, up in Tupelo. So we have some amazing locally grown produce here in the state. And uh, we are talking today with Lauren Rhodes from Sweet and Sour, talking about fermentation. We've got some open phone lines, so if you'd like to join in, uh, some questions about fermentation, or if uh, you'd like to let us know what's going on in your kitchen, give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven. Six seven two seven four six four. You can email the show food at mpbonline.org. Before the next break, let's get another call in as we say good morning to Jesse in Mobile. Good morning, Jesse. Good morning, Jesse. Hey, how's it going? Fantastic. Good. I have to ask you, do you find yourself able to dream when you go to sleep? I dream about food all the time, Jesse. <laughs> Same here. <laughs> I'm, I'm not joking. Seriously, a lot of the recipes that I come up with literally are are, are dreamed recipes. So, and I think I any. That, go ahead. I ask, that, I ask that question because typically, if your probiotics are imbalanced, you can dream at night. First, mm. you go to sleep and you wake up the next morning, and you you just know either you slept well or you didn't, but you didn't dream. Once your probiotics and you find this out are imbalanced, you're dreaming. And you're getting a good night's sleep. So that's one of the things I didn't know if she'd mentioned already about the probiotics in the in the body's system. That's one of the ways you, you get back in touch with your dream state. That's a side effect I've never heard of before. I never heard of that, but I'm happy to know that I'm yeah. in balance. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to sing Jesse's Girl. (laughs) (laughs) All right, uh, Jesse, thanks for the call. Let's go ahead and take a quick break. When we get back, we will continue our discussion with Lauren Rhodes from Sweet and Sour. She's our guest this morning on Deep South Dining. We're talking about her company, Sweet and Sour, and fermentation. Uh, We'll be back with more after this. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. Excuse me. Visiting today with Lauren Rhodes from Sweet and Sour. We're talking about... Sweet and Sour, which is Lauren's company, and also The Art of Fermentation. So if you have a question about that, or if you'd like to share what's going on in your kitchen, you can give us a call this morning. The phone number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven six seven two. 7464. So we're just uh, got a couple samples in here. So Deborah and I have been sampling it. And Lauren, this the this is a cabbage here, the red. Uh, yeah, it's red cabbage with garlic and caraway seeds. It's very, it's very. Actually, it's really good. Yeah. The, and, and I think you mentioned it, it the, the flavors are really intense. It, yeah. I mean, that sour flavor is why it's called sauerkraut. Kraut means cabbage. And um, yeah, that comes through with fermentation. So you can't really replicate that flavor. And a matter of fact, you know, I, I shared during the break, it inspired me to create another recipe. So I can't wait to get in the kitchen and see how that turns out. I'm excited out. <laughs> for that, too. So we were talking uh, at the beginning of the show with Deborah and, and different ways to experiment with pies and that such. And so with the garlic and the, the, the caraway, I mean, how do you go about trying to come up with the new flavor combinations? 
You know, a lot of experimentation in the kitchen. Um, I love garlic on everything, and garlic is one of those things that goes great with any kind of fermented vegetable. The miracle food. Exactly. So garlic and ginger are those two flavors that I love to put in a lot of different fermented condiments. We've got another caller on the line, so let's invite uh, Mary from Braxton into the conversation. Good morning, Mary. Hey, Mary. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning to you folks. Uh, my background is uh, Pennsylvania Dutch, so you're right in my wheelhouse. <laughs> yes. Uh, when I was a kid, my mama used to say that if you go to uh, uh, a good Pennsylvania Dutch dinner, there'll be seven sweets and seven sours on the table for Well, Mary, I wish you could be here this morning because you would really, really enjoy the things that she brought in today. I mean, I'm having a blast. (laughs) And she just said something about caraway and cabbage. And Mama always made uh, uh, our sauerkraut, and uh, my sauerkraut was coleslaw with caraway seed in it. Oh, yum. Yeah, and it just, it just sounds like you're talking about home. <laughs> wow, wow. All right, Mary, always good to hear from you. Thanks for the call. <clears throat> you see, I hate, I like the show, but I hate the show as a as Because a we're eater. always eating on air, Kevin. It's okay. As an eater, I like the show. As a broadcaster, I'm breaking all kind of rules every week. <clears throat> We've got um, the kimchi also. Great, I mean, just really, really nice and spicy. But not overwhelmingly hot, just enough to... to, to um, what exactly is kimchi? So kimchi is basically a Korean version of sauerkraut, but in Korea there's thousands of types of kimchi. Um, this one that I brought is made with Napa cabbage, daikon radish, green onion, ginger, garlic, and Korean chili powder. It's it really is a perfect bite. I you know I like it spicy, so it could for me it could have a little bit more heat. Yeah, but the fact that it's a perfect balance that Kevin says it's good, you know, because he's one of those people that doesn't want it overly hot. Right. But the right. taste, the texture, is absolutely incredible. Really proud of you, girl. Thank you. <laughs> and also, I'll say you know to me, the key to spicy is that it's spicy but not overwhelmingly hot to where it you know it just it makes your mouth on fire. And this really. The flavor is good, and it, it's it's it makes you want to eat more because again, there's just enough of a spice uh, to kind of titillate the taste buds, but you're not running for a glass of water or a, you know fanning your <laughs> mouth or whatever. So, well, it depends on what part of Louisiana you're from. <laughs> yeah. you to say that, I mean, because some people want it hot as bees' knees, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But this really is; it's got a perfect balance to it. We've got another caller on the line. This time, we're going to go to Walnut Grove. Doug has called in today. Good morning, Doug. Hey, Doug. Good morning. Go ahead. Uh, yes, I just wanted to comment that I've been eating fermented uh, food since about, I went to Georgia July 4th and, and uh, met some old friends, and they were into the, uh, they're real uh, naturalist health food people. Anyway, they turned me on to uh, fermented food. I've been making the sauerkraut, the pickles, the uh, carrots, uh, beets, and uh I've had Crohn's disease for about 30 years, and I've had a couple of different surgeries and this and that, and I've had problems ever since that then. And since I've been eating, I've been, I took pro, probiotic pills uh, for quite some time, and they help a little bit. But since I've been eating the, this food, it has completely changed my digestive system. And if you've got Crohn's disease... You have got a really messed up digestive system. Mm-hmm. But um, 
it it's just uh, I can't say enough about it. I, wow. uh, it it is just uh, I'm I think I'm almost I think I'm back to normal. Oh, wow. And and, and that, I've had two feet taken out of my intestines. So anyway, I wanted to tell everybody that, and I've turned a couple of my friends on to it. And uh, anyway, it's really really changed my life. So uh, I I just wanted to let everybody out there know that. All right. Thank you so Thank much, you. Doug. Now, one of the things that I wanted to say, Kevin, a lot of people, mm-hmm. I guess we don't really think about it, especially here in the you know Western world, but your body was not designed to dissolve pills, medicine. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the, the earth was created with all of these amazing foods uh, to help heal us naturally. And, you know, of, of course, we walked away from a lot of the old traditions and we because we didn't really understand it. And sometimes, you know, being able to just step back into time and really embrace that kind of truth really can be life-changing on so many levels. And there's so much we don't know about the all the microbes that are in fermented foods and and what they do for our body and um there's so many different kinds of probiotics that are in your food versus what you can get in a pill too and yeah our bodies are made to digest food not necessarily a capsule so absolutely Let's go back to the phone lines. We've got um, Mario in from Jackson this morning. Good morning, Mario. Go ahead. It's Marlo. Marlo. Marlo sorry, I misread. <laughs> I'm sorry about that, Marlo. Guten, guten Morgen. I guten so Morgen. Enjoy, I so enjoy your program because I feel like I'm back in my home country, namely Germany, when the lady spoke about sauerkraut and red cabbage. It sounds wonderful. Oh, Marlou, this is so delicious. I truly wish you were in the studio with us this morning. I wish I was. (laughs) I'm listening to you, and I'm in the mood to cook some German food now. And, Lauren, it sounds really, really good, what what you're speaking about. Oh, thank you. And have a wonderful day. I I must go. Bye-bye. All right. Thanks, Marlou. Thank you. Now, Lauren, we'll give you a little chance for a plug. Marlou is able to get, she lives in the Jackson area, so she has access to this good food. Yeah, she should come to the, the Jackson Farmer's Market on High Street every Saturday morning. Um, so I'm I'm there selling all my fermented goods. Um, Rainbow also sells the kombucha and fermented mustard. So, yeah, there's a few places. And for people who have not taken the time to go to the farmer's market, I mean, it's absolutely incredible. It's it's wall-to-wall, yummy Mississippi, fresh goods and vegetables made by Mississippi for Mississippi. It's a great activity for the family. I mean, there's just so many things to learn, to try. There's samples there, and I always like the free samples. <laughs> uh, but just so many wonderful people there. Get to know your, your neighbors and see what's going on in your own community. It's a great place to be. Oh, yeah. So, Lauren, if you would tell us a little about the fermentation process. So how long does it um, take? And then sort of if you could walk us through that. It really depends on what you're making. But sauerkraut typically takes about three to four weeks. Um, a little bit shorter if you like it less sour, a little bit longer if you like it more sour. Um, but I tend to find that three to four weeks has the optimal crunch, but still a good sour taste and flavor. Um Kimchi, I do a, a shorter ferment time, so about three days uh, for the kimchi, just to keep, you know, the Napa cabbage have a really tender texture, right. um, not let it get too soggy. But kombucha is about a week. So, you know, you have to research whatever you're making and, and figure out what the optimal fermentation time is. Now, the wonderful part about the history of these items, you know, it wasn't necessarily that people were looking for the health 
aspect. Mm -hmm. It was a survival technique. It was, you know, surviving harsh winters, being able to feed, you know, you know, now it's a household of one and a half you know, children, you know, but, you know, many years ago, it was not uncommon for people to have as many as eight to 10 children in one house. And so it was a way to, you know, take care of your family for long periods of time and to preserve the food and not waste anything. Right. So I love the fact that, you know, um, even hundreds of years later, we've brought this very, you know, loving aspect to the future. And I'm really happy that, you know, such a bright and shining star like yourself is interested in something. It's a great way to get young people involved. Yeah, yeah. All right. So this uh, the um, <clears throat> the sauerkraut that you got has red cabbage, it, and is the other called green green cabbage or just yeah. cabbage? I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I say green cabbage. Yeah. (laughs) Do you make it with that as well? I do. Yeah. I have a a few different varieties that I make depending on what's in season. Um, The red cab, there's usually more availability of green cabbage. Mm -hmm. Red cabbage is a little more specialty and um, harder to find, but I, I use both. Yeah. I like the red cabbage, of course, for the visual appeal. The mm-hmm. color is just always so pleasant to use. And then when you're pickling it, you get this really purple, pretty, you know, uh, juice that comes from it. That's really in- incredible to look at. Yeah. So um, you could eat this out of the can, like we're out of the jar, like we're doing on crackers. Uh, but you could maybe use it as a side. And what are some other ways do you think that, that people could enjoy uh, both the kimchi and the sauerkraut? My favorite suggestion to people is to put it on your scrambled eggs in the morning. Mm. It's a great way to, especially the kimchi or something that's spicy, to add um, vegetables but also flavor to your breakfast in the morning. Um, I also love adding it to, like, salads, even potato salads, Mm -hmm. chopping up some sauerkraut or even kimchi, stirring it in, um, putting it on top of stir-fry. And you can cook with it, too. You do lose the probiotic benefits, but it does add great flavor as like to the base of a soup um or i like to make kimchi potato pancakes in the winter let's talk about that so how would i make a kimchi potato pancake girl so i'm jewish we make latkes uh uh, for hanukkah and so this year i decided to add some kimchi to it um so basically you just shred potatoes um make sure you get all the extra water out of the potato grated the grated shreds you know, add some eggs, some um, panko breadcrumbs, and then chop up the chim- kimchi real fine and mix it in there, and then you just fry it in oil. Oh, wow. It's delicious. That sounds very good. Get a call in before our next break. And I'm going to have to fight Kevin for this stuff. You see, you know, <laughs> I noticed he moved the jars closer to himself. <laughs> <laughs> We've got Libby on the line from Madison this morning. Go ahead, Libby. Yes, I have a question about kombucha. Okay. I've been making making my own, but the scoby grew to about two inches um, high, and I read that I was supposed to take some of that off, and so I did, and then my next batch was really sour, so I wondered what I did, if anything, and the next question is, my instructions say use black or green tea. But can you not use some kind of flavored, fruit-flavored tea? Great questions, Libby. And, um, yes, you did the right thing. So let me just explain what a scoby is. Um, on When you brew kombucha, it grows a mother culture 
um, SCOBY stands for Symbiotic Community of Bacteria and Yeast. So you get kind of like a floating alien-looking thing on the top of the brew. (laughs) It is a living organism made of bacteria and yeast. Um, But each time you brew a new batch of kombucha, when you add sweetened tea to the kombucha culture, you get a new layer of SCOBY, or mother, kombucha mother. Um, so Libby was saying hers got really thick, so about two inches, which happens if you brew kombucha frequently um, or just let it sit in the jar for a long time. So you did the right thing. You trimmed down your scoby. You can share it with a friend. You can compost it, feed it to your dog, whatever. Um, but what happens when it gets really sour, it just means that either the temperature is, is warmer in your house with summer. You know, it tends to ferment quicker and get sour more quickly. Um, or that kombucha scoby was so thick that when that happens, the fermentation time goes a lot quicker and you get a lot more sour brew. Yeah. So I have such a vivid imagination, Kevin. All of a sudden, I just saw this thing standing up and going, you know, <laughs> hello. <laughs> Revenge of the scoby. Right. I just saw this whole karate movie in my mind. It's <laughs> really crazy. All right. Uh, Libby, thanks for your call. Let's uh, take one final break this hour. When we get back, we'll wrap up our conversation. We're visiting this morning with Lauren Rhodes from Sweet and Sour. She brought along some sauerkraut and kimchi that we've been tasting. Uh, we talked a little yum, bit about uh, kombucha, but also we'll talk about fermented mustards, vegetables, and pickles. You're listening to Deep South on MPB Think Radio. We'll be back to wrap up the show after this. Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. We're visiting today with Lauren Rhodes from Sweet and Sour. Uh, she's brought in some of her products uh, to, for us to sample. Where we've been snacking on some sauerkraut and some kimchi as we talk about uh, the business Sweet and Sour and the art of fermentation. Still have a little bit of time left in the show, so if you'd like to call in, it's one eight seven seven MPB Ring one eight seven seven. 672-7464. You can email the show food at mpbonline.org. Uh, so, Lauren, we mentioned that the sauerkraut that you've got in today is made with some red cabbage. And if I remember correctly, you told us that kimchi is sort of like a Korean sauerkraut. Exactly. And it was uh, what uh, what kind of cabbage is in that one? Kimchi is made with Napa cabbage. Um, but you can also find kimchis that are made out of just radishes or um, really any kind of cabbage um, or vegetable you can make into a kimchi. And do you like the sauerkraut experiment with different flavors, or is it pretty much kind of a one-flavor profile? I always keep the ginger, garlic, and chili. Those are the the three main flavors of kimchi, but I do vary the ingredients depending on what's in season. So I made a bok choy kimchi earlier this year, um, made just a daikon radish kimchi with cubed daikon radishes. So I do vary it a little bit. And then uh, the kombucha is a tea-based drink, is that right? That's right, yeah. So it's um, made with black or green tea um, and sugar. And then through the fermentation process, most of the sugar is consumed by the kombucha culture, and you get a nice bubbly, tangy, low-sugar drink at the end. It's not sake. Is it carbonated at all? It is carbonated, yeah. So um, one of the byproducts of fermentation is CO2. Um, so once you bottle the kombucha, you get natural, naturally occurring CO2, so it gets a tangy, effervescent 
flavor. All right. It uh, actually has a nice flavor to it, Kevin. I'm, I'm pleasingly surprised. I think I tried the one that has the peach and mint flavor, and it really is yummy. All right. We got another caller to get to. This time we visit with Cheryl from Gluckstadt. Good morning, Cheryl. Hey, Cheryl. I'm kind of late coming in, but I wanted to tell you a friend recommended kimchi, and I bought some at Rainbow, and uh, we love it on our vegetable seeds, cornbread, and sliced tomatoes, and oh, all wow. that stuff. And it's uh, it's kind of like remember old green tomato relish that mm-hmm. our grandmothers and mothers used to make. It reminds me of that with fresh veggies. And um, also, I wanted to tell you. Um, we moved from Jackson up to Panther Creek, and there's no fruit stand up here. We've been having to drive all the way back into Jackson. And just recently, I wanted to let everyone know Callaway on Calhoun Parkway in Gluckstadt has just opened a new fruit stand with veggies, fruit. Um, I cooked fresh shelled pinto beans over the weekend, and they were wonderful. And they, they tell me they're going to be open seven days a week. Um, so for us folks up in the north area, that's a wonderful addition to our neighborhood. All right. Thanks for the call, Cheryl. And yeah, that's great that you've got uh, access to some fresh uh, vegetables and fruits. So that's always good and will help you with your cooking there and hope you enjoy that. Um, <clears throat> we've talked about sauerkraut, kimchi, and kombucha, but also uh, tell us a little bit about fermented mustard. So with the mustard, I it's a, a grainy mustard. Um, I use fermented brine, so extra brine from either pickles or uh, sauerkraut, and I soak the mustard seeds in the brine, and that kickstarts the fermentation process. And then I add um, raw honey, raw apple cider vinegar, lemon juice, and blend it up, and you get it doesn't taste fermented, so to speak, but um, it does have a nice, like, tangy, spicy mustard flavor. I just saw my roast in the oven, and using that as um, the covering for my roast. You know, with a little bit of extra brown sugar on top, yeah. just wrap it up in the foil and cook it down really low and slow. Girl, you are inspiring <laughs> me today. Uh, so now I'm dreaming while I'm awake, Kevin, so I must really be in balance, okay? <laughs> you, you need to give Lauren a credit on me. She's just been, helped you invent like three new dishes. anytime you want. <laughs> I literally have come up with three new recipes since I've been sitting here uh, trying your goods. So that's absolutely uh, fantastic. Wonderful. And I, I think that's the beautiful thing about food. It's like art. Kevin, it should always inspire you. Sometimes we get so busy and we're trying to feed the hunger that we miss the pleasure of actually enjoying friends, family, and the taste and say, you can have all of these taste buds in your mouth and they're waiting to experience all of these different sensations. It, it, It heightens your brain. It can change your energy level just by sitting down and having or tasting wonderful food goods. So the mustard, I guess, ends up sort of like a, a brown spicy mustard. Yeah, and and the spiciness just comes from the mustard seeds themselves. I don't add horseradish, but they do have a spicy spiciness to them. All right, what about uh, what sort of vegetables do you ferment? Um, I love to do fermented carrot pickles. Um, so you just to to make pickles, you just need a brine, a saltwater brine, um, and then you can add whatever spices you would you want to add, just like when you're canning pickles. Um, So with the carrots, I like to do kind of an Indian-style flavor, so ginger, cumin, fenugreek, mustard seed, um, and just ferment them as carrot sticks. And pickles, I love doing the sour dill pickle that you 
you know, you used to be able to get buy out of a barrel and mm-hmm. put on a stick and just eat it on the stick. So, yeah, I love the sour dill flavor for, for pickles. So is there anything sweet side to the products that you produce? The vegetables, no. So I don't I don't add any sugar to um, the, the pickled or fermented vegetables. The sweet comes from the kombucha because the kombucha requires sugar to make. Okay, fantastic. Yeah. All right, and we mentioned earlier the the farm to ferment classes. Are those something that would be ongoing, like cycles, if if someone missed out uh, this time around that maybe they could uh, get in touch uh, and and do it at a later date? Oh, yeah, I will will definitely be scheduling more classes. um, After this third one about sourdough on the 30th, we'll probably have a little break and then come back with more vegetable fermentation and and beverage fermentation classes. All right. And we're in our last minute. So if you could, uh, if someone is interested, wants to know more about about your product, uh, how can they get in touch? Do you have a Facebook page? Yep. Just look up sweet and sour ferments, sour as in sauerkraut, S-A-U-E-R, or go to my website, sweetandsour.co. All right. And as you mentioned, you're at the uh, the uh, farmer's, farmer's market, market in Jackson. Yes. Every Saturday um, at the farmer's market. She's up there it. hanging out with one of my favorite people. Hey, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Very good. Uh, that's going to wrap us up. We've got about uh, 20 seconds left. So we want to just say thanks so much to Lauren, uh, both for coming in and helping us understand more about fermentation, but also uh, bringing in these delicious, uh, the, the sauerkraut and the kimchi. So thanks very much. It was a, quite a tasty treat. We, we did it backwards. We ate our dessert first. Uh, but then uh, we did Yeah, the... as long as you know, you have to share when the show is over with okay. you. <laughs> <laughs> Deep South Dining is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio, funded by generous contributions from listeners like you. Our show was produced by Java Chapman, who did double duty and was our screen uh, call screener as well. For Deborah Hunter and our guest Lauren Rhodes, I'm Kevin Farrell, inviting you to stay tuned. Up next, it's Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey, followed by Southern Remedy at 11. We'll be back next Monday at 9 for another Deep South Dining. It's heard only on MPB Think Radio. 